discovered four computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. Three, two, one, zero, zero, Hello world! Yes, your ears do not deceive you. The Gadget Cast is back. I am your host, Gregory McFadden, joined always with my co-host, Travis M C P. Space travel. I just say space travel. That's right, baby. We back before the year's over. We're back a couple more times before the year's out. I haven't made the count, but it's a couple more. I you think said- we should do a new intro song for 2022, don't you think? Maybe a new Whoa, version. a new intro. Whoa, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I, I don't know. This is iconic now. I don't think you could just change that thing. I don't think you could change thinking, like, the intro. Isn't that a new season? Isn't that when you switch the seasons? Yeah, it's when I switch the is season. You think we just get a new intro? You think it's easy? Like I just go into the, <laughs> I just mix it up in the studio and make a new intro? Come well, on. How about this? How about how about you make one and then we'll have people vote on whether we should keep the older one or the new one? I think I don't it. need a vote. I think the people are going to say keep it. I can already see the chat lighting up saying keep it, keep it, keep it. They don't okay, want okay, a new right. song. That's iconic. You can't get rid of that. It is iconic. Listen, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm listen, just saying. Listen. All right. Anyway. Tons of things to talk about today, whether it be YouTube or uh, other things. I real, real quick want to touch base on something because I would have addressed it in today's video. However, when I shot a video yesterday, uh, the video got you, corrupted on my you SD got card. got the SD card corrupt, which is one of my biggest fears of all time, which I've never had to deal with. So I've never had it either until yeah. yesterday. All right, I'm throwing I'm out just my SD thankful. cards. I'm, I'm getting some new ones. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not- I'm just thankful that, that I that it's only ever happened this one, and it wasn't on like a big video, like one of the more. Oh, can you imagine? Oh my god, like uh, that last video of- you did that was like oh huge. God. Can you imagine if you had like an SD card corruption? <clears throat> I would have been crushed because for those of you who didn't see it, um, I did a test. It, you know, I also want to talk about some of the comments because one of the things I was going to talk, talk about in that email that video were some of the replies and comments and stuff about that video. If you missed it. Go to my channel. Basically, I challenge an Android user to uh, to use an iPhone for a week and see if I can make them switch. Now, <clears throat> there was a couple of things that people said in the comments, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, Greg. Um, lot, first of all, lots of people liked it, which was great. That made me happy. Yes. It made me feel really good. Some people said it was a 30-minute video. I've never done one of those before. People, some people said, I mean, a lot of people said they watched it all the way to the end, which is amazing to me. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not performing where I'd like it to be, but it, 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 entertain people in a way that I was aiming for. And I think that's what's most important to me. But I mean, whenever you put something out on the internet, there's always gonna be people out there that are gonna tell you what you didn't get right. So let's talk about one of the biggest criticisms of the video, which I I just, when, when I get this, I'm like, bro, bro. I, and there's reasons why I can kind of fight this back because I, I you know, what I've had to in the comment section, I almost feel like I shouldn't bother. One of the things that was brought up was <clears throat> that it was an unfair video because uh, Nelson, who was in the video, had a Galaxy Note 9, and I um, offered him an iPhone 13. And that the the fact that it's a newer phone, anyone would take a newer phone, and that there's all these things missing. And I, I argue this, a couple of things. Number one, um, I love, these are the same people that would say they would never swap to app, Apple or iPhone no matter what would happen. And all of a sudden, a newer iPhone makes the difference. I think that's hilarious. Number two, um, if you were given something new that you didn't like, why would you bother to keep it? Number three, I actually had this conversation with Nelson. I've known Nelson for 10 or 12 years. He's not a guy that's like, 
Like he doesn't really care about that. Like it's cool that it's a new phone and everything, but if he didn't like it, he was going to give it, he was, he was literally not going to swap it. Like it was a fair test. Now, the one thing I'll admit is that sure. One of the things he talked about was how much better the pictures on the iPhone 13 were than the Galaxy Note 9. And of course with newer Android phones, that would be probably a little closer to being even, but almost every single other reason he gave was an iOS thing. It was not an Android thing. It was not a new phone thing. It was an, it was an, an iOS thing. Like, um, share, uh, sorry, um, AirPlay, not Air, not even AirPlay, although he did talk a little bit about that. Um, FaceTime, iMessage, um, uh, what, AirDrop, like things that are, that I could have given an iPhone XR and it would have been the same exact experience, right? Because the whole thing was giving him something that he was <clears throat> not used to and seeing if in one week, in one week, you would be interested enough to switch. And I think for them, I think that challenge is incredibly hard. Now, if I randomly pick someone off the street, you might say I stacked the deck, but thankfully I didn't. I knew Nelson and I knew that he couldn't be easily swayed by a new phone. It didn't matter to him. Trust me when I tell you, we actually have a conversation about it. It didn't matter to him. That, that held nothing to him. <clears throat> and the only thing that I said, I would, like I said, I would probably agree with is that sure, um, pictures would be better on a newer uh, Android phone, but everything else was iOS. So tell me what you were thinking when you watched it. Uh, was that a criticism you had of it? Which is fine if you did. And then uh, if it wasn't, then what do you think about about this particular uh, criticism? No, I didn't have that criticism. I thought it was a great video. I want to extend my congratulations for you to making that video too uh, before we talk about that because I saw a lot of creators that I respect actually tweet at you and go, this was a great video. This was a great change of pace. I loved it. So I really think even if it doesn't get the views, which I think you probably knew in the back of your head going into it, like Possibly. this is risky and this is going to be a lot sure. of uh, work for potentially not serving you know, the standard tech news cycle. Uh, but I think it's a video you can easily be proud of, which is which is good sometimes. So I mm -hmm. want to say congratulations for just going through with the project because it looked like a hard project when all was said and done. Um, <laughs> the, the criticism is very, you know... <clears throat> I get it, and I get why people would say that. Like, oh, they would never switch if they had the latest uh, Galaxy Ultra and stuff like that. Um, you know, <laughs> not not that like you're made of money like that, but that that could yeah. be a potentially interesting video if you hand someone two modern yep. smartphones and go, you keep your favorite one. Uh, right. But I don't think it is a good criticism because I think what you are doing is more indicative of what the average consumer would go through upgrading an older phone like that into something new. And this is kind of the marketing battle that Samsung, Google, Apple, all these people kind of have to go through is okay. A phone that's three or four years ahead of this phone. Uh, what advancements have we made? And to that point, I know people in my own personal life where I, uh, have family members who, have an older Android phone and I get a lot of like iPhones to review and stuff and, and I have a couple sitting around and I'm like, oh, you know, your phone's like older and stuff like that. Would you like this, you know, iPhone that's like a year older? I'll give it to you for free, whatever. And they'll go, no, I like Android better. I don't want to do it. So I don't think I don't I don't buy that argument of just because it's a newer phone, someone would take it. People are very, very stubborn in the tech space to the point where uh, they would rather use an older device if it serves an operating system that they're familiar with or that they like. And I think your video did, like you said, it, it did a good job showing why people kind of gravitate towards the uh, iOS ecosystem once they've had it for a while and all these other things that are important to them once they start to use it. Um, 
I find that a lot of Android users, when you talk to them about iMessage or FaceTime, they kind of don't get it if they're just coming from an Android. They go, what's the mm -hmm. big deal? I can do that on uh, another messaging platform. I can do that with Google Duo. I don't, I don't, what's the big deal? It's not a big deal. It's a status symbol thing. Uh, but then what you don't understand is how accessible those services are and how frequently they are used, at least here in the United States, by a large consumer base, that when you actually do start using these services, I think for a lot of people, it kind of just clicks for them. They go, oh, I, you know, I think uh, in your video he was saying, I think it was like uh, his niece or something like that. He could like FaceTime mm -hmm. them and all of a sudden mm -hmm. they can FaceTime and be in contact and then message each other back and forth with iMessage. And it's like... Oh, I get it. If I told my niece to go use Google Duo, maybe they'd use it once and then they never do it again or something like that. Uh, where you'd kind of have to like set up that interaction of a video call. Whereas with when everyone has an iPhone, it's like, oh, let me go FaceTime my niece right now. Let me go send them an iMessage. There's there's no setup to that, and it's all very effortless and easy done. Uh, so I, I did not have any of those criticisms watching that video. Again, I really enjoyed the video. Uh, I watched all 30 minutes of it. It actually flew, it flew by, so that's the mark of a good video. I, I didn't find that it dragged on. I liked how you had him take like the video diaries every night and mm -hmm. recording all of his thoughts and stuff like that. And, um, you know, there he had points where he was used to things in, in an Android phone with the casting to mm -hmm. his TV. And he mm -hmm. was a big cast user. That's, that's how he used it. And, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, he kind of was like, well, this is an Apple video service. It's the only thing that doesn't have the casting. Everything else can do it. So it's not really a big deal. It's not, it's not a big enough exclusive feature for me to kind of draw myself back and go back to the Android phone. And I kind of feel like that's, that's something that Apple has, where they have a lot of these exclusive features like AirPlay, FaceTime, all this stuff. Whereas Google, like, yeah, the Apple service didn't have it because they're going to do AirPlay. But Google's so open that it's like, yeah, you can, you can cast on these other apps because they're just so open with that technology. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is you're 100 percent right. Um, I do want to answer a couple of the comments in the chat that is going on because they actually were spilling into my next uh, comment. <clears throat> so uh, playing devil's advocate, do you think his, if his wife and other families uh, members uh, were using Android software, would he have the same perspective? No. And I said in the video, I said, I think one of the things that's go going to my advantage that his wife is on an iPhone like that was actually part of it. If you're going to say at any point that it's not fair, that's what should have been pointed out. Yet no one pointed that out. But it's interesting because here in America, at least, which is where I did the video, that's actually more common than it is uncommon. So, you know, being the number one selling phone in the world, of course, here in America, especially, it's one of the <clears throat> top selling phones, any of the um, iPhones are, you're going to be in a situation where a lot of people are iOS users in a family or extended friends and stuff. Like, I didn't even know how many people um, I was dealing with had iPhones until the blue bubble started coming up. And I love that you could see over time how he slowly started going, oh, this is kind of cool. This is kind of like, this is what's happening on a daily basis. And someone else said, um, why didn't you get like a hardcore user? Because it, that's irrelevant. We already know what a hardcore user would do. We see it on YouTube all the time. This is an insight into what's happening millions of times a year. Um, where you wouldn't normally see someone who doesn't have a YouTube channel who's just a really an average ordinary person and what they went through and kind of what they experienced. Um, another thing they said was, um, and, and by the way, uh, if you're overseas where iPhone doesn't dominate, you probably, you're probably right. It, um, it totally would not have gone as well. Now, the funny thing is I love people said, well, you should go back over there and offer uh, his wife the newest Android. I'm like, I would do that, but it would not turn out the way you think it will. 
That is not going to go over. Well, you got to remember, she's been on iPhone for a long time. You're now pulling her out of what pulled Nelson in. For the first time ever, she can communicate with her husband with all the cool iOS stuff. And you think she's going to stay? Nah, that's not going to happen. I mean, so if I do it again, where I do like Android to iOS instead, uh, try to switch someone, get someone to switch to Android, I will do it with, I'll try to be as fair as possible. You know, I have learned some things doing this video this time. I'll do it differently. Um, uh, Rebecca's talking about how you're showing the entire ecosystem, which would have been cool. Now, by the way, I paid for this all myself. I'm hoping to get some type of sponsor next time because yeah. that's what that's actually what limited a lot of this. People were like, oh, you should have given them a um, uh, 11 12, or 13 Pro Max. I'm like, yeah, but I get, I bought them a lot of stuff. Man. I mean, that was really expensive. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, uh, you're, you're very limited by money, you know, you, you, the iPhone's expensive enough, all of a sudden you're adding everything in the ecosystem, I don't know how you do that kind of video without some sort of sponsorship. Yeah, and hopefully next time I will, I was talking to um, a couple different companies and stuff, so I'm hoping that next time I can do a more, here's, you know, here's the two best, one from Android, one from, um, and here's the other thing, regardless of what you do, as you know this, Greg, someone's gonna have some type of, oh, but you should have done this. Like there's no there's no perfect way to do this. I could have done both and they would have said, oh, you gave me S21 Ultra, which is the thing everyone wanted me to do. You should have used the Pixel 6 Pro or I used the Pixel 6 Pro. They're, oh, you should have used, you know what I mean? Like there's always gonna be someone who could have done it better and someone, uh, it's just, it's kind of aggravating and it kind of disappointed me. Like I was happy with the amount of people that watched it and really enjoyed it. But some of the feedback's like, come on, internet. I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't think you should be disappointed because I would fully expect going into that type of video that you're going to get those people that come out of the woodwork. <laughs> Will the Windows user switch to Mac? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, well, I was actually thinking about that. Yeah, I want to yeah. make a video Listen, you're going to get those people that come out of the woodwork, any Android versus iOS video. Those people always come out because they're very, you know, you've been in this community long enough that you know people are entrenched in their way of thinking that any challenging thought to that, people are just going to get upset. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be that upset with it. I know it is kind of upsetting because you tried to be as fair as possible. You invested like money to make this video. You're very up. You're very honest and upfront through this whole process too, which a lot of people aren't. You know, a lot of people aren't like that. They don't explain every little thing. They let people assume things. Where you, every step of the way, you're like, I was surprised by this and this and that. So I, I thought that was good. And the great thing about your video, which really, it, you know, if you did it. If you did it to like a single guy who like what wasn't in a relationship with someone with an iPhone, it might have turned out very differently. But I thought the really interesting thing about your video is here's two people in a relationship. One of them is an Android user. One of them is an iPhone user. Once that person starts using an iPhone, you have to figure like his wife's gonna be like, oh, it's so great being able to do this with you and th that with you. Yeah. And, and 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 that that's where I saw that in your video. It was all every time he talked about a feature, it had to really relate with family, and that's what he yeah. really liked about it. Like it's easier mm -hmm. to keep in contact with my family. And I think that's the big draw for a lot of people in the iOS ecosystem. I think your video, you know, even though it's like uh, getting someone to switch to Android, it kind of shows you the trappings of the Apple ecosystem and how you can fall into it and the pitfalls of getting out of it. Like the, when you're left with the choice at the end, you kind of don't want to give that stuff up. Yeah. I mean, I, I could go back and then offer them the newest Android phone. I might do something like that in the future. Some people did want to see what happens. See if you can... I, might, I might do that. I don't know how I would title that. But a lot of people were saying they wanted to see a, like a four or five month you know, later type video. Um, real quick, uh, let's see. So a lot of great comments here 
in the chat. Um, someone's saying do a Windows user to switch the Mac, which is something I was thinking about doing. Ironically, <clears throat> I do want to talk about something that I do have coming tomorrow. Um, but one more thing is, um, why is my background? So after this, and I, it's not a huge deal for people listening because it doesn't affect them, but I'm switching. I told, I told Greg, I'm switching my entire setup into another room and it's got me nervous because I'll be potentially screwing up two production areas, my desktop and my, where I shoot my videos. So everyone, once I, once the gadget cast goes off the air, I am immediately tearing this stuff down and going to be real nervous. So please pray for me. You're, you're in my prayers. Thank uh, you. so yeah, I, I thought it was a good video overall, and I, you know, I'd like to see more of that type of video, obviously, because it was very yeah. interesting. If you can do that, and uh, I want to do more interesting. I already have like an idea for an, a different type of, like, unusual video that I, I have some ideas, and I, it's just implementing the, you know, implementing them, figuring out the right people to, because originally, I, and I think I even told you this, the original idea for this video. And the reason why it was so risky was I wanted to go to Best Buy and find a random person to do it to. But yeah. that was so risky that literally someone would never tell me what happened. Uh, that, that uh, you know, I was, I was like, let me do the first one and see if it does well. If it does well, cool, then I'll, I'll be less risk averse. But for the first one, can you imagine? I go, oh, I'm seeing this. Oh, and they never talked to me ever again. That was terrible. This is a terrible video. Thank you. Yeah, that would uh, that would not be good. That would not be good. You know what I'm doing tomorrow, Greg? What? I'm getting a Mac Mini. Oh, really? So here's where things kind of... Now, I don't All have right. my MacBook Air. I haven't for a while. So you're going to see new videos from me getting back into Mac OS, this time with a Mini, because I realized one of the biggest problems with the, the last... the You know, my experiment into the MacBook Air had nothing to do with the hardware other than the fact that I don't really use laptops. So I do use desktops. I sit at desk, you know, I sit at my desktop all the time and I was like, well, I have enough monitors here that I could literally just plug it into one of the monitors and, you know, switch the input. <clears throat> and I started thinking, well, that's kind of interesting because there's been times where I would like to airdrop stuff from my iPad instead of, you know, other things that I'm doing to get it across USB-C and all this other stuff. This, this might be kind of fun. So I looked and um, the refurbished on, you know, Apple's website is like $569 for the, the uh, Mac mini. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't need anything too expensive. I don't need anything super high end or anything like that. So I figured I'd grab this, uh, give it a go. But one of my questions I have for you, Greg, besides like, what should I, I mean, I assume it's basically the same as a laptop, except for you have to, you know, put everything else together. Um, should I upgrade to Monterey? Cause that seems to be, some people are having issues. Um, yeah, I, I would upgrade to Monterey. I, I, it's always so hard with software. Uh, I'm not having any issues on Monterey, so I guess that that's my advice. Um, I, I don't know what issues you've seen other people have. If there's something you're doing and you see like a bug or something that you know you would, some software you'd be using, then I guess don't upgrade. But yeah, I, I would say upgrade to Monterey. Why not? Uh, I see a lot experience. of people in chat ask, asking me why I'm not waiting for the newer Mac Mini. I don't really need to because I, I don't need a super powerful chip. And I wouldn't yeah. if that's supposed to come out like half of next year. Like what are we, maybe four beginning or five of months? next year for lucky. Uh, but I, I agree with you. Uh, I think this is the better experiment because uh, this Mac Mini, especially the refurbished model you're getting, is such a stellar deal in terms of desktop computing. And I know everyone loves these M1 Pro and M1 Max MacBook Pros, uh, but. You know, the real revolution with all that stuff was the M1. And even though these are really good performing laptops, it, it really it really shows in some of the tests I've done 
just how good the M1 chip was, like just how good that processor was. And then if you wait for that Mac, it's going to be more expensive than, than that's that the other Mac thing. Mini. Like it's not going to be a one to one switch. And that's the thing. The other thing about it is uh, I'm not even sure if I'm if I really want this or not. So spending like a thousand or twelve hundred dollars or whatever the other one's going to be doesn't make any sense for me. A little bit over five hundred bucks. Uh, OK, I can do that. We'll see what happens. And, you know, if it if it ends up working its way into my lifestyle, I feel OK about that. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so you got? Did you get it from Apple's website? The refurbished? Yes. So that's okay. actually going to be part of like the the titling and stuff. You know, got it. You know, Windows user buys refurbished. Uh, you know, I've, we'll I've done that happens. video before on uh, refurbished MacBook Air. It did pretty well for me. So hopefully yeah, it does well for problems. you. I was actually strangely <clears throat> enough getting recommended your videos the other day. I don't know why Yay! I would get recommended Travis Finally! videos. I don't want to watch those ever uh, but Only I was, one, getting, over and over I was getting recommended like the iJustine videos oh. and some of your MacBook videos that you did and I noticed like I, I, I can't remember if you were like initially disappointed with like the views on some of those videos but I like like after like a couple months and stuff like I think like some of them had like 200,000 like views or something like that like they're pretty high up there yeah. I was like oh shoot and like those were like your first like Mac videos so the algorithm right. was not in your favor at all right, like at all right. And I look back at them and I went, you know what? Those actually performed pretty well. So I wonder how this Mac Mini one will do. That's what I'm hoping for. For those of you, I'll be real like honest. I've been kind of not feeling uh, as though things are going well with my channel. So I've been trying different things. That's one of the reasons that I was able to think outside the box for the, the iPhone video. But also it, it, it freed me from doing things that I wasn't super excited about and, and made me try to be a little more creative. But yeah, I mean, ultimately I want to get some views too. So um, when I thought about it, I'm like, well, this is coming out of an interesting video because I'm kind of curious myself, like now that I don't have to say, oh, I have a laptop sitting there that's twice as much as this mini is, right? And that's another thing. Like this thing is half about half the price of what I paid for because I got the 16 gig RAM uh, Air and I only got the 8 gig mini, which I know might bite me in a butt. I don't know, maybe, maybe not. But I'm not going to be, I don't think I'm going to be editing video on it. So you know, I say, is it worth half the price? You know, do I now feel like, oh, I can keep this around. I can do things with it. You know what I really want, though, Greg? I really want an iMac because I like the colors and I yeah. like that it's all in one. And I want it on my little kitchen little thing we talked about a long time ago, my little kitchen island. I actually want an iMac. But A, they're sold out. You can't get them. And it's a little bit more money than I want to spend. But you can't I, even get them. Did you check the refurbished website for iMacs? Yeah. Yeah. They're not on there. They're uh, not at Best Buy. They're not on Amazon. They're not on Apple site. Like, they're sold out everywhere, which is, if you think about that, that's kind of interesting, right? Because. Yes. I guess uh, I'm not surprised, though. I am a little. Like, I know there's, like, a the chip shortage. We, keep, we always talk about it. So maybe that has stuff to do with it. Um, I wonder if it's, like, a, like a holiday present or something like that. Because every. Every apple device it looks like you look at their website and i was looking for some gifts and stuff like that too and uh the ship dates are out there like yeah. you better go out and buy some stuff now like if you want this in time for the holidays so that might have something to do with it i, I just wonder like you know i just feel like desktop computing is like not that big of a deal but i wonder if people are looking at these iMacs and maybe they got like a 10 year old computer and they're like oh maybe i'll get this because it's so new looking um, well, I the thing about it is, if you have a good, if you have the keyboard and mouse to come with it, it's one cable to set it up. Yeah. That's crazy to me. <laughs> it's I know that from sounds PC silly. World. I know, you oh come from the PC world, so it is crazy, because there's... Uh, the you cool thing see. about Monterey, and I'm, I'm going to make you want this even more, the cool thing about Monterey, which is why you'll want to upgrade to it, is you can airplay to Macs as well. 
So you oh. like if you put that iMac on a kitchen island, it is a mm. giant AirPlay speaker and display. So you could just be like, you know, watch this on my iMac in the kitchen. So it really <laughs> is kind of like a smart speaker in a way. It does have Siri control. You can AirPlay to it. It is it is kind of like a like a kitchen computer in that regard. And I've kind of always like I'm like I've done the AirPlay stuff. It works really well. It's like wow, like and like the speakers in it are good. If you have like other AirPlay speakers in the house too, you can like AirPlay to every single one of them and sync them. So you could play to like the iMac and other home pods and stuff like that. It is actually a really cool uh, little thing going uh, that Apple has uh, with that ecosystem. Like that is a real cool quick, feature. I want to real quick ask you about, since you're talking about Apple software, I assume you watched John, uh, John Prosser's latest video where he talks about, what are your thoughts on, on what he said about uh, Apple software? I thought that was kind of an interesting take. Uh, you know, I kind of almost wanted to make a video rebuttal to this video, but ultimately I, I don't know if it would be a good idea just because I like John. I respect John. I know he would, I, I think he would take it fine. Uh, I wouldn't be like disrespectful in the video, uh, but I don't know if his fans would. That's the thing, you know, like I and I don't want to get like all like hate and stuff like that from like people going, oh, why are you saying this about? It's like, no, it's like, this is just my take on it. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I kind of disagree in a way, cause, but it's tricky though, cause it is software. So a lot of it is, uh, personal experience stuff. And some the bugs that John was showing off, like especially on like the Apple Watch, where he switches the watch face and it goes back to the other watch face real quick. That would annoy the heck out of me. I would be annoyed if I had a bug like that. The problem is I've never had that bug. So when he says Apple has this major problem here, and he's showing all these bugs which some people in the comments are like, oh, that's not a big deal. It is a big deal. If you see that every day, it's annoying. Like, you don't want to see that every day. That's, that's something that uh, Apple prided themselves on and separating them, that they sweat at those small details. Uh, but I've never experienced basically any of the bugs he's talked about in these videos. So when he says, uh, I've had this bug and that bug and this bug on like, and he mentioned like almost every Apple product where he's facing like these weird bugs, I sit back and I go, well, that's not happening to me. And I know, I'm not saying that's not happening to him. He shows on video, it's happening to him. It's just, it's not happening to me. So it's kind of hard to share that opinion of, well, okay. Yeah, because at the end of the day, um, you know, if you think about it, he brought up a really good point, which I've said for years before you, I was a YouTuber. It's like, just because it's not happening to you doesn't mean it's not happening. Yes. And I thought that was a powerful, powerful comment. And he's right. Like his experience obviously is kind of trash, which of course would definitely make you make a video like that. Mine has been slightly, well, I was, shouldn't even say slightly. It's been quite a bit better than that. Um, obviously Nelson's was really good. Otherwise he would have stayed. Um, but to his point, it shouldn't happen at all. And I have had weird, weird things that happen in iOS. Uh, kind of the one that's always consistent is I can never tell if my AirPods are actually going to switch to anything. I'm just... That's why I'm back to my sound course. But I can never tell if it's going to switch from my iPhone to my iPad to whatever. Like, I can just never tell. Is it going to work this time? Maybe. But other than that, like, everything else has worked pretty good. Like, I'm interested in trying Sidecar and all that other stuff. Like, that stuff looks really cool. And he's right. Like, um, it is a software game. Uh, he's also right that, you know, Apple, I think, has prided and probably still does pride themselves on that. Because why? while their, pro their, their chips are you know, cutting edge, they're not trying, they're not, they, they don't come out talking about like 
how much RAM their phones have and how, you know, all, all the things that are like, this is, this is the high tech stuff. Like this is the tech. So they don't talk about that. They talk about the experience. So you can't have a good experience if the software is dead. And it's obvious he is having a bad experience. I would never, because I've been in that situation where things are only happening to me and not to anyone else. I hate it when someone goes, well, that's not happening to me. I'm like, yeah, but it's happening to me, man. So, you know, I, I can't, I, yeah, someone says, I think Apple is trolling John because he's leaking all their secrets. So yeah, that's probably what it is. Um, but I feel like uh, at the end of the day, um, software is a very hard thing. The, the good thing about software is you can always patch it up. You can't really do that for hardware. Um, but with, as we've seen in the gaming side of things, like if we talk about Grand Theft Auto Trilogy or, you know, Cyberpunk, where something gets pushed out so fast that it's just garbage. Like at some point, and I think iOS 14 was really bad when it first launched. It, it does bring into question some things. I think they more or less fixed it because iOS 14 was terrible when it first came out. But um, yeah, I mean, what do you think? Right? I, I personally think they've got it under wraps. But of course, if he's having the problem, someone else is. I think it's a I think it's a hard game to win at this point because uh, features are so complex. They're always adding new features and stuff like that. I would love if they took some more years to refine everything and get it going. But the minute they add another feature, it just adds more com complexity. Software, in a way, was more simpler back then. So I, I just don't know if uh, if we'll ever get to that point where it's like completely bug free. Um, I do think, and I, and again, I don't want to be that guy. I, I, I would, I guess I'd have to talk to John. Like, does, is, does he ever install betas on his device? Cause that can kind of, you install enough betas and stuff like that along the way, your software can kind of, I don't know what to call it. I don't want to say corrupted, but there, there's like things that can go wrong if you've been like dealing with like beta software a lot. And I imagine John might be the type of person to install betas on his device. And then if he's transferring over from backups that had betas on it, that could cause a string of problems going down the line. It's why, personally for me, if I test a beta and stuff like that, if I get a new phone, if I get the iPhone 14 next year, I don't set it up from a backup. I set it up from a fresh install because I know betas and stuff like that can actually impact your device with battery life, all this other stuff, uh, just weird bugs going around. Um, like, like John was showing, like he was opening the camera on his phone and it was like a black thing for like 10, 15 seconds. And it's like, yeah, I, I do that. I open my camera all the time. I've never had that happen once. And I almost wonder, is that is that a hardware defect where like so there's something wrong with that device? Is it a software bug? If you did a complete reset, would it fix it? Like those are the things you got to try out. And it's kind of hard because you have all there's so many people that buy an iPhone that yes, this could literally maybe affect one person. And if you're having these experiences and you go, I'm having these experiences, they're legitimate. Well, they are. And, it, and that's a bad thing. You don't want that to happen. But if it's not happening to the vast majority of people out there, and if it was happening to the vast majority of people out there, I think you'd have a lot more buzz and a lot more art articles. Cause when there is a problem that does affect a large majority mm -hmm. of Apple customers, when there is a major bug or a hard hardware floor, uh, there, there's stories everywhere about it online, and you'll find them. Um, so it, it is weird. John, John's situation is very weird, uh, but it, it's one of those things where it's like, just because it's not happening to you doesn't mean it's a, not a problem. And I do agree with that to an extent. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. I just have to talk to him, I guess, and see like, okay, like this, that, this, and that, and this, and that uh, kind of thing. The, the one thing I will disagree with in his video too is... <clears throat> 
I think we have a tendency to idolize the Steve Jobs era of Apple as like nothing ever went wrong. And he had like this tight control on everything, hardware and software. And I think we just kind of look back sometimes with like rose colored glasses because there were a lot of problems in the Jobs era, uh, both with hardware and with software. And, um, you know, antenna gate is probably one of the most famous things where if you held your phone a certain way, you would drop signal like that is one of those small attention to details that if this happened in today's Apple, you'd go, oh, that would have never happened back then when they were paid to, when they were paying attention to all the details. Mm. But it did happen. Uh, yeah. There was products that were released back then that, you know, the G4 Cube, the, the computer would crack because it didn't have any active cooling in it and it got too hot. And the physics of the computer were like this like plexiglass thing and it would get too hot and the plexiglass would crack. Like these are like major design flaws that if Apple did them today, you'd go, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. How could they release a product like this? So I don't necessarily agree with uh, the, the Steve Jobs era being better. That's, a, that's an interesting take. A little, a little bit of a hot take there, Greg. My goodness. No, it's a good one. You're right. <laughs> I agree. It's a hundred. You're hundred percent right. Because sometimes we think back. Nostalgia is a really funny thing, and I'm yes. really coming to terms with nostalgia. Nostalgia is, it's this warm blanket that has holes in it. It's like, you, it's literally like someone hands you what feels like a really comfortable blanket, and as soon as you put it on to make yourself warm, you find that you can stick your toe in it and stick your arm through it. And I, what I mean by that, I'll give you like an example for me. Like I, of course, love retro retro video games. So I, um, you know, of course, if you've watched any of my videos, you've seen a bunch of uh, little arcades in the back. I have another one that the arcade one keeps coming out with these games that I really liked. And I'm almost done. I'm almost done, done. Tron. Now, I loved the movie Tron. And as a young, young lad going to the arcades, I loved the game Tron. And the, the cabinet is awesome. Everything. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, I need to have this. I need to have this. I need to have this. And after I pre-ordered it, I really realized that, okay, first of all, room is, is I'm running out of room in that room over there. Uh, so I'm like, okay, I'm starting to run out of room. And I started to think, I paid a lot of money for this. Is this game even any good? And I remember thinking, oh, I only, I only played like one third of the game that was in the thing when it was in arcades. I only liked the light cycle part. I didn't really care for the other parts of it. So I started thinking, am I even going to play this thing when it gets here? Like, it's just going to be sitting there in the corner. And I'm thinking, maybe I might not. So the nostalgia of, oh, my God, I need that. Let me capture my, my, uh, you know, my childhood. The reality is like, that's not even really a good game. <laughs> that's the bad thing about it. So much like what you're saying is like, oh, yeah, everything was so cool back then. You know, when you were going through it, it didn't seem like it was the golden years. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's. It's hard because nostalgia is like you look back at the past 10 years and you're like a younger person back then. And if you're a kid and stuff, especially if you're growing up in your childhood, you're you're easily impressed by things because yep. they're new experiences to you. So the first time you play a video game, you go, oh, my God, this is amazing. The, the graphics are amazing and stuff like that. And you're, you're just kind of in that worldview that everything was kind of better back then. And, you know, I know John, he's, a, you know, he's younger. So you go back then and you go back to John in the Steve Jobs era. Well, Prosser is like what? In like high school or something like probably even younger than that. Jobs was around for a long time in Apple. So maybe you didn't necessarily test every product that came out in the Jobs era and stuff like that. But if you look back at the at the history books and stuff like that, there's still problems to be found 
Uh, I'm not saying Steve Jobs did a bad job. Obviously, he did a great job. Like This guy did pay attention to detail uh, in a way that no company did back then. The problem is now that everyone learned from Jobs' success and every company out there is trying to emulate that attention to detail, whether that's Google, whether that's Microsoft, uh, Samsung, Huawei, you name it. Everyone knows how to package a product now. Everyone knows, or at least everyone tries to pay attention to the software and stuff like that, where when Steve Jobs was doing this stuff, this was just overlooked. Microsoft didn't care about the software at all. They didn't care how the hardware looked. Jobs came in and revolutionized all that to the point of where everyone's kind of a copycat of Apple from that era. Maybe even Apple itself is a copycat uh, of themselves from that era because that's that Steve Jobs kind of <clears throat> taught everyone to care about all this stuff where people talk about design, people talk about the quality of the software, where when they were first starting doing that, you had like beige PC boxes and it's just like, okay, all right. And, but then you also have Jobs being wrong plenty of times. You know, Jobs was the person who didn't want the app store on the iPhone. Jobs was mm -hmm. the person when uh, they were saying you should add video to the iPod. He said, the screen's too small. People don't want to watch video on a small screen. Well, look at us now. Everyone watches video on a small screen. Uh, Steve Jobs, when he was at Apple, uh, didn't want to make the iPad mini, right? <laughs> so, and and he he didn't want to make bigger iPhones too. Look at the look at the smartphone industry. Like if Jobs always had his way, which he didn't, like he would change his mind all the time, which is why he succeeded too. But his his first uh, ambition, uh, first instincts were. Don't make a big phone. It's too big and stuff like that. So there's plenty of times that people could be wrong. And nostalgia can definitely be dangerous for sure. Well, let's talk about a little bit of nostalgia. And someone's going to be wrong here. The uh, removal of the count of dislikes oh, on a YouTube I forgot we were video. even going to talk about this. Look at this. That, that was yeah. one of the first things I was expecting to talk about. Now we got to talk about this. All right, Travis, yeah, so, I got to know. All right. What's, what's okay. your side? The dislike button. They're taking it away. What, how do you feel? Travis, you work with a lot of channels, so I, do. I feel like you I have do. a good perspective on this. Yeah, interestingly, uh, so for people who don't know, which is going to be a, maybe a lot of our audio podcast listeners, when you're looking at a YouTube video, you'll see the thumbs up and thumbs down. And if you like a video, you can hit the thumbs up. If you dislike a video, you can hit the thumbs down. Uh, and when you look at a video, you can see the counts of like how many people hit thumbs up, how many people keep hit thumbs down, right? Uh, they're removing not the thumbs down, but the number next to the thumbs down. Now, I like to point out a couple of things. Number one, the count for thumbs down aren't everywhere anyway. They're not, they don't exist everywhere. So for example, um, on, um, on, uh, what is it? Uh, community tab posts. They're not there. Uh, if you, I watch most of my YouTube, a lot of my YouTube on TV, you can't see thumbs up, thumbs down percentages. Um, I believe they're hidden in other places as well, but anyway, they're not everywhere anyway, but there's been a way big uproar about <clears throat> a lot of creators do not like the fact that it's going to be hidden. And one of the biggest things I've seen, the biggest use case I've seen was something about like, you can't tell if a video is going to be good or not because you can't see how many thumbs down there are before you watch it. And if, especially if it's like a how to or something, which to me is the worst possible, like the fact that you think that there's any kind of quality attached to thumbs down is is just ridiculous. And 
that's when I might I might fight on a battle for it. Now I'll, fight, I'll die on the the battlefield for it because I just think it's you know it can be gamed too easily. Of course, one of the things one of the reasons that they're removing it is because so many people were, especially smaller creators, were hate mobbed by people who were just downvoting or whatever. Right? Um, I personally don't care because I don't really look at my likes to dislikes anyway. So it doesn't actually affect me um, in any way. I don't think about it. I actually don't feel any particular way about it. I just think some of the arguments on both sides are a little silly. But I'm sure you feel a certain way. Oh. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's the dumbest thing to care about. Either way, I don't I don't care. I just don't care. Like if you want to keep the dislike button, whatever. If you want it to go away, whatever. I think there's probably merits to both sides of it being there. Uh but I think the the main thing is I saw a lot of people going I judge how I watch YouTube by whether how many dislikes and what the ratio is. And I won't watch a video if it has this many dislikes. And how are we going to tell what is a good tutorial? If there's not enough dislike, hey, you know what? You know how I tell if it's going to be a good, t- good tutorial? I load up the first, I watch the first five seconds with it, and I can tell <laughs> within the first five seconds if this is going to be a good video or a bad video. It is not hard, folks, to know what is a good tutorial and what is a bad tutorial. You know what a bad tutorial is? When they still got the watermark from the video player in the bottom <laughs> left corner. <laughs> That's when you know it's a bad tutorial and you're not getting good information. You could skip that video and go find something else because they're not going to give you any good information. When it's just a still of someone talking using the laptop microphone and you hear the fans and everything and the distorted audio on this, uh, yeah, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a a good video. And, you know, ironically enough, these people were kind of the people who made that point about the dislike being a good way to uh, gauge whether a video is good or not, kind of proved YouTube's point for removing it because if the dislike is that important that you can get a bunch of people to do some of these targeted attacks that have been done on other creators or get a bunch of bots to infiltrate the system and dislike a video, then couldn't you could negatively impact someone's channel and let's face it, their their livelihoods on YouTube. People that's a career. You could devastate someone's mm-hmm. livelihood. Uh, according to these people who won't watch a video that has a lot of dislikes. If anything, I'm kind of drawn to the videos that have a lot of dislikes. I, I want to know why. I'm like, yes. why does this video have uh, <laughs> 10,000 dislikes? That's quite an achievement. Yeah. So I want to know. Yeah, I, I, that's I, for me too, it does the exact opposite. I actually want to watch the video. So I think it's kind of interesting that um, I just thought that's a really weak like reasoning that they're like, oh, I'd look to see if there's a lot of dislikes for it. But you don't even know the context behind why there are a lot of dislikes for that's, it. That's your the real, thing, yeah. Your real answers come from the comment section a lot of times. Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't know who is this busy person that uh, has to judge everything by the dislikes. And, you know, I, I think the MKBHD, I'm surprised he did a video on it to begin with. I just felt like it was such a, a non-topic to do it. But I guess he is one of the most influential YouTubers. So I guess in a way, it's the platform's direction. He might have a say in it. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like you can you can judge a good video. And, you know, the, the, a lot of the arguments is, what are, how are we going to know what a good video is and what a bad video is? And it's like, it never mattered. Like, it doesn't... It's all... 
It's it's whoever watches the video. Someone could watch a video and say it's good. Someone could watch a video and say it's bad. Someone could watch mm-hmm. a video with amazing production quality and still walk away and go, that's bad. We do it with movies all the time. How many movies do you go to see that have the highest production value ever? They're shot beautifully and you walk out of it and you go, I hated it. <laughs> like, like that happens mm-hmm. all the exactly. time. There's no dislike button when you go to a movie theater and it's like, hey, make sure you hit the like button or the dislike button. Like these these things don't exist in other parts of our society. Uh, to the point where it's kind of like, why do we feel the need that we have to have this just because it's kind of been the way it's always been doesn't necessarily mean we have to keep these relics laying around. Uh, the A lot of the other social media platforms don't use it. And I think YouTube mm-hmm. looks at these targeted harassment things. They look at the other platforms. Is it a business move? Of course it's a business move. YouTube's a business. So they're looking at it and they're going, well, you know, Will Smith was in our replay video and it was one of the most disliked videos of all time. So Will Smith looks at that and goes, well, I'm never going to do anything with YouTube again because I, you know, look at all these dislikes. I'm getting a lot of flack for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't want to be part of that where you go on TikTok, you on Instagram, there's no dislike, you know, right. another way you could, another way you could tell if a video is good or not, by the way, if you want to use the like and dislike thing, if you watch a video with 500,000 views and it has a, and it has a thousand likes, well, obviously, a lot of the people that watched that video didn't like it. So you can assume there would be a lot of dislikes on that video. Yeah, I mean, so for me, I, I'm not, by the way, and I want to be real clear, I'm not arguing to get rid of dislikes at all. I think that there are some good uses for it. Someone actually said in the chat, and I agree with this, I actually heard someone say this. Some are arguing that the comments will be more negative as a result because, and I, you might be right, that you can't show your, dis, your you know, make your stand against something. So you got to do it you know, in a comment, which to be honest, like that's definitely more, I think if you're talking about mental health is definitely more damaging. The other thing is like Netflix did this a while back and I actually was really upset about that when they took away like the, how many people didn't like a a Netflix show because that actually kept me from watching stuff that I didn't like. Right. And they took it away, which sucks. So I was actually more upset about that than I am this. Um, I will say this. One thing was really crazy tech in the chat does bring up a really good point. Last time I cared about dislikes is when the trailer for Call of Duty Infinite War was released. The gaming community really wanted to be a statement to Activision. And this is something that's happening a lot in the gaming community, but it can happen in like cancel culture and stuff too, where it's actually more of a statement of the viewership, which I do agree with. And I actually have no problem with that. Again, not saying that I that I think it should be removed or anything like that. I just think that if you are using it as a barometer as to whether or not a video is good, I think you're going to come across more videos that are upside down on likes and dislikes that have nothing to do with them being good and more about them triggering a particular audience. Because as you basically said, just because it's not good to someone doesn't mean it's not good to you. So I don't yeah. know. I just think it's a poor metric to filter quality content because, uh, there's a lot of people on the internet who I don't like the the last Jedi. I don't like it, but there's some people that don't like the last Jedi for a totally different reason than I do. And mm-hmm. anytime anything's associated with that, they hit the dislike button immediately. And it's kind of like mm-hmm. a targeted attack. You right. look at the news right now and you look at certain political things, things that shouldn't be political, but let's face it, have become political and they're doing an honest to God news story on this topic and people spam the dislike button because they're so in their head and they can't accept any other form of reality. That's not a bad video. That's a targeted thing. And that's that's misinformation. And that could potentially do real harm where you have just an average person who might not know too much about the topic and they see a, a news story and they see all these dislikes and they go, 
oh, why is this story about health being disliked so much? Mm -hmm. And it's like... Almost all news, by the way, is like disliked into oblivion, yeah. which is like the worst thing. It's like you look at things that are actual news story, they like have a 21% like ratio. Like that means 80% of the people, almost 80% of the people are disliking it, which is dumb just because they don't like uh, news about COVID or something. It's like, well, it's, it's real news. It's like, why are you disliking it? So... Yeah, I mean, it's just a weird thing. So I guess we both are of the mindset that we don't really care about the likes, dislike. Like, everyone else can fight that battle. I am not interested in fighting that battle because I don't really I, care. It's an interesting conversation, and I get yeah. why people are so interested in talking about it. However, I do, I do feel like a lot of the people I follow on Twitter especially are just so upset about it. Yeah, so really upset. upset. Yeah. And like, I can't Very. believe this is happening. Uh, this is why everything is awful nowadays because people can't mm -hmm. accept criticism and it's like hey when <laughs> when we were younger there was there's no dislike button like what are you talking about you can't compare yeah. it to anything else this is a this is a this is a unique thing it's it's never existed in other parts of society there's never ever been uh places you go and it's like make sure you leave a like or a dislike it's just, it's, just it's not you can't compare it to other things I just realized I had, I had taken off my Apple Watch because someone in the comments talked about something about mm. Apple Watch. And I realized I haven't put it back on oh, no. for the last two. I got to go put it back on. Um, but yeah, to your point. Um, uh, anyway, I think I would love to hear from people listening on the audio podcast. You just drop us an email or a voicemail. Let us know what you think. Hit the like button or the dislike button on this YouTube thing. I still, by the way, YouTube's always so slow to roll things out to me. I still have the dislikes, so I can see them still. So yeah, I see them everywhere. Yeah, I, I still see, see them, them everywhere. I can still see dislikes. Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, we'll see. Um, is, is there not going to be some plugin to expose this data to people anyway? Like, is that not going to be a thing? It, Can't, isn't that you easily... You mean to, to, to the to viewers or to the creators? Creators will always see it. I know creators will still see it. But I mean, like, viewers. Like, you know, on, on YouTube, um, there's metadata in the web pages mm -hmm. where, yeah. like, you can actually see, like, the keywords and tags that people have used in their video by inspecting the web page. So... Will there just not be a way to see these if you really want to anyway with some sort of well, web browser extension or, or some so, analytical tool? Uh, I've actually seen the email where Google or YouTube is pulling the API for it on, ah. in December. So once the API goes away, it, it'd be very difficult to ever get to that information. It basically close it off, closes it off to anyone else. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just going to tell everyone I've never had a video dislike. So get your screenshots oh. ready. So, you know, just perfect, like perfect, me. perfect YouTube career. No dislikes. Perfect YouTube career. I wish they kept the dislikes. I never got one. I don't know what it feels like. <laughs> you always want to know what that's like. Um, I guess we could probably, uh, I don't know. We just have a couple minutes. We can keep the MacBooks for now. Well, we should real quick touch on the MacBooks. How have, how old have your super whamadine $18 million MacBooks been this past week? Greg? They're so good, Travis. You're missing out by not having one. They're the best things that have ever existed in the history of mankind. No, they're still good. Uh, you know, tra you could tell Travis interested. Oh, he went to go get his Apple Watch. That's why. Uh, <laughs> Travis leaving the screen and leaving me here by myself just threw me off. Like my my MacBook conversation isn't good enough for him. Like he doesn't he doesn't really care what I think about the new MacBooks, which you know is a statement in itself. If I could hit the dislike button on Travis right now, I think I would, because I am so upset that he left. Left me all alone to fend out for myself here. I love how I'm listening using my Bluetooth headphones, so I heard everything you said. That's pretty terrible. For the audio podcast listeners, um, just ignore Greg. Real quick, actually, someone asked me a question. How is Fitness Plus coping? I just got it for free uh, for a month. Fitness Plus 
is so much better than I thought it would be. Um, especially if you're really kind of into your health, which the main reason I'm into my health is because my health is trash right now and the doctors are not happy about it. So as soon as I became interested in my health, I realized how amazing the health app is on your iPhone and the integration with the Apple Watch, which I'm now wearing, and Fitness Plus, which is stupendous. I still need to freaking cancel my LA Fitness thing. And by the way, they try to kill me on you're, that thing. Never getting out of that. Yeah, I if if Andrew says no one's done a video about Apple Fitness because no one watches those videos, but I might still do a video, you know, just talking about my experience once I lose more weight. It's been good. Have you played around with it at all? Yeah, I use it all the time. I like it a yeah, lot too. Pretty, do you use it on your Apple TV, your iPad, or your phone? Uh, I I've done it on the Apple TV. I like to use like the equipment, like a treadmill or something like that. So I'm usually using it on my phone. Oh, okay. I did bring my iPad Mini the other day and did it on that though, so that was good. Oh, nice. Yeah, I do it on my TV most, my Apple TV most of the time, and um, I'm really very happy with it. It's um, it's totally worth it, and um, you know, as soon as I can, you have to. I think I have to mention this. It's so hard to get out of an LA Fitness. Um, thing you have to like write a letter or something stupid. Yes, it's very antiquated. It, it's like very, but they do it on letter. purpose. They oh, do yeah. it on they don't purpose. want you to leave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, someone, I, I someone I, needs to do. Some hero has to take, you know, get the bullet for the rest of us and uh, do a lawsuit against this. You know, we always talk I about know, right? app store monopolies and all like these big tech companies. You know what's really hurting the little guy? These freaking gyms. Someone needs to stand up to them and get a lawsuit going. We need this done. We need easy cancellation. You know, in California, on the website. in California, that's a law, I believe. Um, if you if you offer your subscription like through an online thing, you also have to have a way to cancel it through online. Oh my God, this should be illegal. You know what I just. What? This is no lie. If you, I can't believe this is a thing. I should share it on the YouTube channel. No lie. When you <laughs> Google LA Fitness cancel membership, the first result says LA Fitness cancel LA Fitness membership. You click it, and it's it get it, it it says welcome fitness friend, enjoy a free workout on us. It's not the cancellation. It's a guest pass sign up. That shouldn't even be so. They want you to sign up for more stuff, not less. What? What? How is that legal? How that's how is that not clickbait? People talking about clickbait. That's clickbait, bro. I know. Uh, so yeah, I I, I wish I had <clears throat> used uh, like privacy.com or something like that where you can you can just turn off a, a, a virtual credit card number, but I didn't at the time because they don't even do that. I think they they use like a direct deposit. It's crazy, man. Yes, they you. go right to your bank. They don't even they don't even let you do credit cards, I believe. They're anymore. smart. It's like They're they, smart. they just yeah. got you. They know. They're like, "All right, this guy's going to sign up. He thinks he's going to go to the gym and it's going to be so inconvenient to cancel. It's money for life." I'm going to dislike LA Fitness. I had a big old dislike on that. Uh, yeah, I know gyms will go out of business if everyone can cancel. Yeah, it's it's just yeah, and you forget about paying it. I keep forgetting, but it's like thirty bucks, twenty, thirty bucks, and I just need to It's pricey, man. It's ridiculous. Anyway, I'm gonna figure out how to drop this LA fitness and more importantly, I'm gonna do the nervous thing and get ready to tear this down, Greg. This is why for people you, who are watching the YouTube Listen, here's how you cancel. I wanna get yeah. all right, here's how you cancel, Travis. Mm -hmm. You go into the gym. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Covered in like bandages on crutches, <laughs> and you're just like, guys, 
I'm sorry. I cannot, I cannot do this anymore. Mm. And then I think they have to cancel on the spot. Is that what? Is that how it works? I think so. You can't even find wait a like minute. how to cancel. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What if you get kicked out of the gym? They probably they probably wouldn't. They should actually. That that's what they they should. But no one them them slimy guys. They probably still taking money. Oh from my them. gosh! I found the loophole. Is you it? go into the gym, and you just do awful things in yeah, the gym. Crazy. You get yeah. kicked out. You harass customers. You you blast music. You wear you wear nothing. You just walk in your underwear. You get kicked out of the gym. They gotta <laughs> cancel your membership. You don't have to write a letter, Travis. That's true. Travis. We figured Maybe. it out. We found the loophole. Travis, this should be your next video. How, yeah. to, how to cancel your gym membership. <laughs> hold, on, just, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh-oh. How to cancel. Hold on. Your <laughs> gym membership. There's a wiki. How You still can't figure it out on LA Fitness's website. Like, it is so hard to find on there. It's... It says immediately. Oh, can you call the number? You can call a number. Dial the customer. Service. I thought. I thought. I thought this would have millions and millions and millions of views, and it's like thirteen thousand views. So forget my uh, thing. I thought people would be. Uh, you know, I thought people. Hey, I get it. Go to the gym and hold a sign and say "L.A. Fitness <laughs> sucks." L.A. Fitness <laughs> sucks. And then they'll oh kick you out. God. That's the easiest way to do this. Oh, my God. Travis, just a little bit of embarrassment will save you from writing that letter. So and you can hand over deal. in person a cancellation form, but you got to find the cancellation form. Oh, my God. It's so ridiculous. All right. Listen, everyone who's listening to the audio podcast, we appreciate you. Um, Hold we're on. Real- I do want to say one thing before we go. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <clears throat> uh, I did get a message from John during the show. Oh, he was watching. Really? Yes. Oh, my yes. gosh. Yes. And he said, absolutely make the video you want to make. Would love to hear your take. Oh, my goodness. So He's, he's lurking. John he lurks. He is lurking. He's lurks. He's so, a lurk. You know, Mr. Lurk. It's a, it's a good thing. Mr. McLurker. I probably Mr. won't make Prophet. that video, though, John. I, I, just, I just don't. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, it, that's more my, my aisle, but I don't. I can't, I'm, I can't summon the energy, I think, to do it. Because in, in the end, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like anything I say would just be like a half truth because you're having the issues. So it's like what you said in the video, just cause someone's having the issues doesn't mean you can't deny. It. And I agree with that. Yeah. So, you know, it would be a very wishy-washy video. Like if I made the video, I'd have to commit and go, you know, cause you need the drama to get the right. views. So I'd really have to commit and just be like John Prosser, horrible human being can't stand him. Can't stand him and his co-host, Sam Cole of the Genius Bar podcast. Just every time they talk, it's I don't understand why we haven't been invited on there yet. It's been kind of weird. Yeah, we haven't been invited. They, oh, yeah. You you see they got guests on there? Who'd they get on that show? They got... Snazzy Q or whatever his name is. Snazzy Quinn from Snazzy Labs. (laughs) Come on. Come on, you got that Luke, guy. Wasn't Luke Miami in there? Luke Miami? That we yeah. made him famous. Oh, yeah, Luke Miani. 
comes on GadgetCast first, and I'm like, we oh, make him famous. By oh, the way, you we- should talk to John Prosser. He's a cool guy. Oh, oh yeah. Uh huh. Ditches us for John Prosser. Look at no that. one knew you who know, Duke Miami was he before didn't he know came on the who show. He was he didn't know who Renee he he never met Renee Ritchie before. Exactly. And we bring him on this podcast, and now he's he's rubbing elbows with the best of them. This guy, this Luke Miani guy, he had a lot of subscribers, but he was in his little corner when we found yeah. him, and now yeah. he's a social butterfly spreading Look his wings. Look at him, Duke Miami. Something's wrong with you. How dare you turn your back on us? And then, by the way, they Duke all, started his own podcast, too. Don't forget about all, that. Yeah, they all, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, <laughs> you want to go down the rabbit hole? John didn't have that kind of podcast. He didn't have a tech podcast. We bring him on our tech podcast, and he's like, Dude, this, this was fun. And then he's doing a tech podcast. <laughs> and he's he's scraping the bottom of the barrel, getting I update. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You could have got You could have got Greg's gadgets, you know. Not as many subscribers. Uh but better in a way better. <laughs> in a yeah, way better than sure, I update. Sure, sure. And of course, mm-hmm. they of course they get more listens and views than us. That's okay. Ours and are if you better. combined if you combine our numbers together, Travis, yeah. we still don't get as much as I update. <laughs> but uh I still but ours think are better. We're, we're quality better. views. We're, we're quality views, and, yeah. and our, our podcast is better because quality. Doesn't have the quality views. He's got the no. he's got the bottom of the barrel views. Every yes. if you watch iUpdate, like, come on, you know who you are. You know you're yeah. not a you know you're not yeah. a quality. Person. If you watch iUpdate, you're paying. You're making your your payments and installments on your iPhone. Yes. If you watch GadgetCast, yes. you buy it cash up front, buy, cash money. money. Hey, if you watch GadgetCast, you are a baller. You're That's a right. flexor. You right. are money no issue. You buy everything up front. That's right. Credit card debt paid in full. The statements Always. are paid in full every month. You don't you don't carry a balance Mm-mm. on GadgetCast, which no. is why we are launching the GadgetCast subscription tier podcast. That's right. For all That's you right. audio listeners out there, we are moving to a subscription tier. It's going to be $100 a week, not a month. I know yes. a month is the way to do it. We're doing $100 a week if you want to keep listening to the show. That's and it's right. well worth your money because you're quality people. We don't want cheap people listening to GadgetCast. Thank you very much. No more cheap people. I'm, I'm tired of having people who who can't pay for their, their AirPod Pros and their AirPod Maxes and stuff. I'm tired of it. We don't want those listeners. Those I, yeah. listeners can go over there and listen to them. If you come on my video and you're like, oh, it's $2,000 for a MacBook, bah, 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 move along, move along. I don't want to, I don't want to hear how you can't buy the MacBook Pro, okay? Yeah, yeah, You should yeah. have just bought it already. Don't ask me, don't ask me what configuration you should get. If you're not buying the most spec'd out configuration, why are you even on my channel? Like, right. it's already a losing game. You should have pre-ordered exactly. it already. I don't care if your shipment's in January. That's your fault if you didn't order the apple polishing cloth. <laughs> Not true. mine. Is it possible that anyone's still listening to this podcast? We should just go ahead and go. Anyway, <laughs> thank you all for joining <laughs> there, us. There's a surprising amount of people still listening. <laughs> well, I mean, an audio podcast. We, can, we don't even know. Oh, not the audio. Yet. I think the audio people love that. I think they get maybe, it. Maybe they do. 
Well, sometimes they get their podcast three days after we do the upload, but uh, that's okay. You, you get it when you get they it. They get it, it when they, they want it, it the most. The people don't know what they want until you give it to them, Travis. So we're, we're like the old school Apple where we give you what you like and you don't even know that you like yes, it. Yes, like we tell are you the what you Steve like. Jobs era of Apple. Tim Cook's yes. always asking, what do you think they want? We're like... We know what they want. They want an we episode want. that's two days late because <laughs> Greg's got to get out a video and he didn't have time to do all the editing. You know, we need an editor for Gadget Cast. We need a Willie Do on the edit. So we do need Willie a Willie Do. Come, come back. All right, all the audio listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, live stream viewers, we'll do like a quick two minute thing before I have to tear this thing down. But of course, as always, he's Greg. I'm Travis. This is Gadget Cast. We'll see you next week. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of assumptions there. Robofish powered by battery blood.